Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, where you'll hear inspiring stories and life lessons from amazing Hell Yes entrepreneurs who are running their for-purpose businesses and living their Hell Yes lives. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey there, Hell Yes Lifers. It's time for another episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. I am your host, Norman Bell. And today on the podcast, as my guest, I have Kiki Wongo. Uh, now, uh, Kiki is um, the, she was the lead guitarist and singer for the band Nylon Pink. Kiki has shared the stage with acts like Taylor Swift, Usher, Brett Michaels, The Misfits, and more. Currently, Kiki loves traveling the world with her best friend and former bandmate, Kyla Yu. And they are both founders of the travel, beauty, and lifestyle blog, nylonpink.tv. They are also the authors of the best-selling book, 30-Day Travel Challenge, How to Make Your uh, Travel Dreams a Reality, and they have appeared as travel experts on multiple news networks such as Fox, C. Uh, CBS and NBC. Kiki, welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. All right, so excited to have you here, and um, and we'll unpack all the stuff that you've got going on. I think you also mentioned you have a podcast, so we'll make sure and, and uh, talk about that as well. But I always like to start off by asking my guests, what is your hell yes? What is that thing that really lights you up and makes you come alive? Oh gosh, I have I have a ton of hell yeses, but yes, whatever comes to mind. The first thing by far is still music, even though I don't play like I used to. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than just being on stage and just mm-hmm. commanding the audience. And I used to play a lot of like heavy metal and like really like heavy rock stuff. So just being up on stage and being like hell yes, you could literally scream it and. That's, that's my hell yes for sure. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it almost seems like the ultimate hell yes is to be, a, you know, a, a rock musician. So I'm really excited to, to learn more about your, here's some stories about that. Um, and when did you first realize that this was your hell yes? You know, it's funny that you asked because initially, you know, I grew up Asian American and I grew up in knowing that I was supposed to be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, one of those mm. very standard uh, <laughs> jobs. So I actually went to, um, like I was going to school as a pre-med. So I was like on my way to really like try to apply, do the whole medical school situation. And in college, I tried to apply as like a model to make extra side money. And it ended up that I met Kyla because she had a jewelry company that called Hello Drama at the time. And she's like, oh, I have a band. Do you want to play in my band? I was like, sure, let's like, you know, rig up the guitars in the garage and like, let's hang out and jam. You know, I thought it was like that. Well, I go in, it's a huge room, producers everywhere. It was like a big deal. And I'm like, okay, this is not what I expected. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it was crazy. So. Eventually, I never thought I would play music. I never really thought I was always a hobby for me. It was something I absolutely loved, but I never thought it would be a career. And uh, there was a moment where I was working at UCLA Med Center with stroke, Alzheimer's, and dementia patients. And they basically, Kyla told me that we had an opportunity to tour in China. And I was like, okay. I told my boss, they said, well, that's great, but you can either work here or go on your tour in China. So I was like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I quit. So I quit on the spot. 
and then the tour got canceled. <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> so it was like, basically, I was kind of like, well, I, that was a moment I think that I said, hell yes, I'm going to just go full force, go against yeah. everything my parents say, go against everything that my own will and conscious thought or rational thought was saying, and I went for it. And um, it, was a, it was a rough road but I was eventually able to experience a lot of wonderful things, so. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> and I really like that, the details of that story too, just everything like, yeah, you were going along this kind of, you know, a, a, you know, legitimately great path, but, uh, you know, traditional path. And then, and then you meet Kyle, I can, I was kind of seeing this as a movie, right? Like <laughs> yeah. into the studio and there's like, oh my God, what's going on here? <laughs> it's like uh, Alice in Wonderland. But um, so, and then that you say, hell yes. And then this tour gets canceled, but nevertheless, it kind of set you forth on this path. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll get more into the story in just a second, but I, now I like to kind of bring us to the present and, and, um, and kind of give, introduce um, yourself from that kind of 30,000 foot view of, um, you know, like including everything that's going on kind of in a, in a nutshell, if that makes sense. Yeah. So these days uh, we are travel writers and travel experts that do a lot of television appearances on the news. So we've been, we've appeared on KTLA, Fox News, all kinds of goodies. Um, we've been focusing a lot on travel writing. So that's our big gig right now. So we travel the world, we work with tourism boards, we work with brands and um, we speak about travel and share our story. So it's evolved from there. I still play in a band. I still do a little bit here and there, but it's not the main gig anymore. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Cool. Cool. Okay. So let's go back to, um, let's go back to that point in the story. So you say, hell yes. And then the tour gets canceled and then what happens? And we take a drill down a little bit there. Oh yeah. So it was, it was pretty fun. Like, to be honest, it was a little chaotic, but I think a lot of the times, like, yes, was my motivator to get through and yes, allowed me to experience so many things just by mm -hmm. saying yes and being open to ridiculous opportunities and experiences. So we kept building up the band and we actually went on a couple of tours. Um, our first tour being one that was very crazy. Um, we rented a van that was like seven seater, but we had nine people or eight people sorry, eight people. <laughs> and so me and the drummer and the keyboardist slept in the back of a trunk like hot dogs. And um, <laughs> our singer, Kyla, who's now my business partner, um, she slept on the floor of like, you know how there's the two back seats? She slept on the floor of the two back seats <laughs> while the other members put their legs up on top of the, the headrest. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, we were really pretty latticed in there. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was crazy. We drove across the U.S. And, and toured and did a couple of dates. Um, so yeah, everything we did, we never were signed by any label or anything. We just did everything on our own. Um, yeah, and we went from doing van tours to touring in Macau, Hong Kong, Malaysia, um, doing like hard rock tours where they like set us up with, you know, king suites. Each of us got our own suite with unlimited uh, food and all kinds of stuff. So oh yeah, we've had like the goods, the bads, the uglies. So it was, yeah. it was a great experience. Okay, I'm gonna drill in some of this here so we can get some some little vignettes maybe. Um, yeah. So let's see. So first of all, like what, what, so was this nylon pink the whole time? Yeah, this was the nylon pink era. So that was like sort of my uh, getting my feet went into the music world and I ended up swimming <laughs> pretty like deep in it. But yeah, yeah it was, yeah. And um, had you, 
uh, had you been a musician prior to this? Like, uh, were, were you already playing guitar? And Yeah, I actually, um, I played piano, like classical piano for about 12 years. So that was like my main music um, before the bands and stuff. And I taught myself how to play guitar pre-YouTube days. <laughs> uh-huh. So it was a little easier on YouTube these days. But yeah. um, so I taught myself guitar and yeah, I, that was my musicianship. I also played drums too. Um, but yeah, mostly guitar. Okay. And then I want to, were you in, I, I'm sorry, I haven't really listened a lot to Nylon Pink, but what, what kind of music was it? Was it because you, there at some point you talked about death metal. Was it, it was Nylon Pink death metal? Death metal? <laughs> I wish that would have been so crazy. I, you know, we were before <laughs> baby metal. So baby metal is like this Asian group that does a lot of heavy metal. Yeah. So I remember when they came out, I was like, no, <laughs> like it could have been us. So, but, I don't uh, do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Nylon Pink was more like electro pop and we did a lot of covers of K-pop music okay. in English and we made them super heavy and like electronic and I had like really distorted guitars. So it was a really bizarre experience, audio, an audio, bizarre audio experience. So um, a lot of people called us Hello Kitty on acid. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. And can we can we check you out on Spotify or wherever? Yeah, yeah I think YouTube still has um, some of our old jams. Yeah. If you just take take a look at Nylon Pink Official, where some of our old stuff is still on there. Awesome. Okay, and let's go a little bit forward in it. So you're you're all t- touring around in this van, you know, kind of like uh, like you said, like hot dog links or whatever. Um, <laughs> so then then what happened? So how did that tour go? Were people responding well to you? And yeah, you know, the first couple of tours were really good. I think touring was really healthy for us because a lot of people didn't know what to expect. Um, and our live performance was definitely a performance. Um, and yeah, eventually down the line, you know, the band kind of just dissipated and I started doing other gigs on my own. So I ended up meeting up with this girl who had an opportunity to join this like super girl band that was put on, uh, put together by Jerry only from the Misfits, who he's a bass player of the Misfits. And so he was putting it together, this like, you know, girl group and um, ended up doing that for about two years. And that was wow. truly incredible because, you know, it really like escalated from there. <laughs> uh, so we toured all over the U.S. with them. So we were their opening act. Uh, we even played in, um, in Amsterdam as well, or in Utrecht, sorry. Um, wow. Yeah, and that was really, really incredible because you know, before we were going from like van tours and then this time they had like buses and we had catering and everything set and we even got paid. So it was, and, and playing with legends was like something that, you know, I could never even try and compare it to. It was so incredible. Right, 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 right. And was Kyla in that band as well or? No, she, so she ended up, um, she ended up taking a step back and, and cause she's better at managing. So she was managing the band for a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I took over the singing role and played guitar at the same time towards the end. Um, but yeah, then eventually kind of just dissipated. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And then, um, and then who else was, was there anybody, um, in that you said some legends that you played with, who else was in that, that yes. super group? <laughs> yeah. So actually, I, um, so a lot of the girls, uh, Alicia, she's now currently playing with Dragon Force, which is another like speed metal band. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, eventually through that, I ended up working, um, with an agent who set me up with 
a couple of awesome gigs. So I ended up playing with Brett Michaels for a Nissan commercial. Oh, it was man. so funny. Uh, you guys, if you can check it out, it's somewhere on YouTube. Um, okay. And to, it was aired in 2014. This was a while ago. Um, nice. But basically, it was a, a commercial and like a music video with him. And he was like the nicest dude. Um, yeah, I have like this video of me with like guitar on fire and stuff. It's just so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Hell yes. This is awesome. Yes. Awesome. So, um, so Brett Michaels in a Nissan commercial. Just uh, maybe type in Brett Michaels Nissan. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. Okay. And then around that same time, you had the opportunity to play uh, with uh, Taylor Swift or on the. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, so actually in 2014, that was a really good year. Um, Taylor Swift was featuring her song Shake It Off, which ended up, I think, winning a Grammy. Um, but it was so crazy. Like, I, I got basically booked for that to play drums. Um, I usually don't play drums, but I was like, cool, you know, I can, it, the, the beat's pretty easy and stuff. So mm -hmm. I remember going into that rehearsal and it was so crazy. Like you, they made you like leave all your phones in the front because it hadn't been launched yet. It was like the debut of the song. So you had to learn the song only inside this like random warehouse that we were in. And then like, you can't take it home. There's no audio that you can take. You can just listen to it. You can't record it because they oh were afraid gosh. that it would leak. And um, yeah, it was crazy. And we had a couple of rehearsals and um, that by far was the biggest and craziest show I've ever played in my life. It was at, it was live the VMAs for 2014 and the stage had like probably three different stages at, at the forum in, um, in Inglewood in Los Angeles. Uh, and I just remember looking out and seeing like, you know, the stadium rows where you see like people just like in rows above you. And I just thought, I don't even know how this is real. And like <laughs> playing drums is different. You know, when you're in guitar, you're like focused, you're looking at people in front of you, but drums, you kind of get like, get to look back. You get to, like, <laughs> you're like, wow, this is a whole new world. Like you can really enjoy the show. <laughs> <You know? laughs> awesome. So we'll have to look for a video of that as well. Kiki, enjoying the, the enjoying the show, checking out <laughs> the, the audience at the VMA Awards. That yeah. is awesome. Awesome. So, um, okay. So then um, I, I almost want to drill more into all that, but let, let's just say, so then, then, then what happened? So you, things kind of started to shift a little bit for you. So then, yeah. Well, it was, it was pretty drastic too. I think um, well, what happened was we were still working with the misfits and uh, suddenly that opportunity, like just suddenly disappeared. And as it happens in the industry, but for some reason, I really took it to heart. You know, I'd quit my job. I was like, I'm going to do full force. You know, I went, I said too much. Yes, maybe. <laughs> and uh, then I ended up kind of being in this pretty bad place. Um, I had no job. I had very little money. I was like going into debt, just like, you know, kind of being in a depression. Um, and then I ended up started like, I was like, I'm just going to quit everything. I was so dramatic. I was like, I'm quitting everything. I'm not even going to pick up a guitar and I'm going to work like a nine to five or something. So I applied, it was just, just like crazy being so dramatic. And then I ended up applying for a opportunity to work with a Korean startup. Uh, so it just, I don't know how that happened. Um, but basically I applied to like over a hundred jobs and then one randomly picked me up and I lived in Korea for about like three months. And then in San Francisco working for a company that was building a recording software. So they were doing some innovative stuff by, you know, you type something out and then it would make music. 
So I did that for six months and then lost that opportunity because that also drastically ended. But at that point we were like, what are we going to do? How do we recover from this? How am I going to like get out of this debt? So Kyla and I, we put our heads together and thought, you know, well, we'd love to travel. We traveled so many places in music. Why not create a business out of what currently exists? So we had a sitting duck website, which was our old band website, nylonpaints.tv. And we just built it up and just kept hammering at it, hammering at it, and created a travel and beauty website that generated a ton of traffic and was able, allowed us to sort of start our new venture into travel writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. And you make that sound really easy. It's like, well, yeah, and then we decided to do this travel <laughs> thing. And then we developed a lot of traffic and then here we are. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm sure we, we can probably get into I, At some point, I'll maybe ask us some of, some of your some of the other um, kind of hell yes entrepreneurs out there that have their their own businesses, maybe get a, a couple of secrets here and there from you, mm-hmm. like what's worked for you. Um, but uh, the, I think we talked a little bit before um, uh, before we started the the show uh, today uh, that you guys also had a bit of a um, a shift as far as your lifestyle went. Did you want to uh, talk about that at all? Yeah. Definitely. So a lot of the reasons, like I think a lot of the reasons why we weren't as successful as we could have been in the music was that we were such hard partying people like with music you know comes booze and some venues that you perform at they encourage booze sales because that's how they make most of the revenue for the small little bars and venues that we were playing at in our first tours so you know I was the heavy drinker I was like the person that said shot shot so people would take you know trays full of shots up on stage and I would just chug them down like a well it was just ridiculous and and for some reason i had a high tolerance so it just worked and i loved it because the bar got sales um but it was unsustainable and unfortunately after we stopped playing i was still drinking just as heavily and it really took a, a massive toll on my like efficacy my output of work and my ability to just function daily um and so in 2018 i decided that I was going to start up a new sport, which is Muay Thai boxing. And (laughs) it's just so random, but then that ended up like, (laughs) and I'm like obsessed. Like I, you know, I take things as, as most alcoholics or uh, anybody who's addicted to anything, they're very intense people, I think. And they, they take things very, they like it and then they just go at it. So I started doing Muay Thai and eventually it became so much. I was training like 10 hours a week and like, I can't be hungover for this. Like I don't have time. So I was like, I'm cutting it out. And I've been Mm. sober for now about two, two years and a month, I think. So nice. Congratulations. Thank you. You guys are living, living the sober life now. We are living the sober life. So that's, uh, we ended up thinking that we would create a, a podcast and kind of share our experiences. So Oh, we cool. um, created the podcast called From Hell to Wellness, which talks about all of our old stories <laughs> and then uh, right. how, how we uh, <laughs> overcame them and how we function as sober people starting the day. Yeah. yeah, that can be the tricky thing about, you know, and, and I, you know, I think we talked about this, that I've been in recovery as well as like the, uh, the, 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 the kind of the uh, pre-recovery stories can be more interesting, but, uh, but, you know, of course you want to focus on uh, the, the, uh, the wellness that you're feeling now as well, but, uh, exactly. but anyway, it's a balance. Yes. Um, okay. Well, great. So let's see, what else do I want to ask? So, um, so, so what the, what about with the traveling? So what, so you, 
you um, you realized that hey, we've been traveling all over the world as a as a rock and uh, rock and roll band. We can kind of we have something to share about this because we've had a lot of travel experience. So what did you do then? So what what um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your your travel expertise and give so, us some tips if it's appropriate. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we basically we just kind of like hammered away at the blog and it's just we're sharing tips like you know, a lot of the times, especially females, we have a hard time packing, you know, packing is, I was the worst packer before I joined a band. I would pack like a huge suitcase and stuff everything in it. And, you know, being in a band, it makes you really pack super efficiently. Cause you know, if you're traveling with your guitars, your guitar costs money to ship and you don't want to pay extra money for a big bag and you can't really lug it around while you're touring. So I think packing was one of the biggest travel thing tips that we learned um, throughout, you know, stuff from, especially from the band previously. But um, just, you know, when you are in a band and you're going to these crazy venues and sometimes having to sleep outside of them or doing a lot of like really strange and kind of scary, intimidating stuff, um, you can like, I think it's it's giving that power back to the people to let them know that travel isn't scary and you can do things that are out of your comfort zone and it can be safe. And we really try to bring out the message that especially traveling to off the beaten path destinations or places that people are a little too afraid to go. We want to like show light on those places and, and say that you can do it. And especially for females who are, you know, afraid to solo travel or that aren't, you know, comfortable going to certain areas. We want to bring light and say, Hey, it's all good. You can do it. You have the money. You can do it. You have the power and you're going to be safe. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And then are there as part of your, um, your travel blog or everything that you're doing around that, do you guys actually go to different destinations and, and report back about them or how does, how does that part of it work? Yeah. So a lot of the times uh, we'll partner with tourism boards. So, um, you know, we'll reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, we're going to create this type of content for you. We want to share um, anything that you're trying to feature and uh, partner with them. They'll take us out. Um, give us a, a good breakdown that we'll create video content. We'll write up stories. We'll submit to publications, our bigger publications besides our, our blog as well. So yeah, that's mostly the, the process that goes and it's been fun. We've gone to some really cool trips and um, yeah, it's been really good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, um, so that's great. I mean, you're living a hell yes life. You and Kyla are rocking it out there. <laughs> you know, like to just at first have this, uh, you know, amazing life as a, as a rock and roller. And then, you know, to kind of go into this more so, sober lifestyle and now you're in health and wellness and travel, amazing stuff. So I'm, I'm really happy to have you on the show. Um, I, I always like to ask people, I try to think about our listeners out there and, I, and a, a couple of different, uh, you know, p- potential types of listeners. Um, one type that I'd like to um, address and, or see if you have anything to say uh, for them would be people who are earlier in their, in their uh, journey. Maybe they, either they don't know what their passion is yet or they have a vague glimmer of it, but they haven't taken any action on it. Maybe like you, right, um, right around the time you were in med, was it med school? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or like pre-med, pre-med, not pre-med, you know, and then you're like, well, Hey, I've got this friend Kyla, but I don't know, you know, like, um, do you have anything to say about that as, as far as following your passion and purpose? Absolutely. Mm. I think a lot of the times, especially for at a young age, we're told what to do. And most of the times we follow 
the path that's set out for us. And it's, it's just natural, you know, as, as young people in parents, parents will tell you what to do. You listen to them and, and then that's success. When, but as you grow older, more doors open for you. But I want to make sure the young people especially know that you don't have to know what you want to do. And things that you may think are what you're supposed to do in that moment, especially if you're 18, 19, or still trying to figure it out, it may not be your future. And you might discover some hidden talents that you can profit massively off of in, in, in maybe in your 30s. Like I'm still discovering what I'm doing and what my passion or my power and my passion is and what's going to drive, you know, income for me as well. So I think the biggest thing is don't be upset if you don't know what you want to do. And it's almost better that you don't because you're still going to be trying new mm -hmm. things and you're still going to be open to testing things. Um, and also I think saying yes, that's why I love the name of this podcast. The hell yes is so, yeah. so every, like that is my full life philosophy. Wow. And no matter yeah. how like ridiculous things get, if you are there, if you show up and you, no matter how awkward you feel or how uncomfortable you feel, you say, yes, you go, you will discover so many opportunities that would never have arisen if you didn't show up. Yeah. Or like if someone gives you that opportunity to like, Hey, come out to this, like, game or something like, or I don't know, come out to whatever this networking event, you're like, Oh, I'm sick. Or oh, I don't want to go. Cause you know, I, I don't like these types of people. I say, just say, hell yes, just go, mm -hmm. just go say yes. Saying yes. will give you everything. It gave me all of that. I, all of my experiences I had today. And I, I got to tell you about 80% of the things I probably didn't want to do. Cause I'm, I don't like socializing that much. So I know, I know it doesn't, it still looks weird, but I'm very, that, very yeah. introvert. It's, I know it doesn't make any sense, yeah. but um, I, I do not like socializing, but socializing, but I will go and say yes and go. And every single time it's always been something I was, I was thankful for. Wow. So, yeah. You know. I'm really thinking of that moment that you had where you're kind of in pre-med school and, and, and then you, uh, you know, Kyla's, Hey, you want to come over and play, you know, that you could have said no there. And then you have a completely different life, right? You know, absolutely. So yeah. Helios Lifers, think about that. I don't know where you are on your path, but if you're early on and, and you, you're starting to get opportunities to say yes to things out there, yes or no, say yes, say hell yes. And, uh, and show up and see what happens, right? It'll just, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people I've been talking to recently, it seems like it's not a clear, you know, like, okay, I knew when I was three years old that I wanted to do this. And uh, now I'm 60 years old and I did do that. It's like really an organic process. And, and obviously Kiki, it sounds like things are still developing for you and you've got new, new, um, frontiers ahead. So definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now I want to think about the, um, the hell yes entrepreneurs out there. Maybe they're people that are further along in, uh, on their path. They might have their own business. So I mean, hopefully a passion and purpose-based business like, um, like you do. Um, but you've had a lot of success and you, and this is where I want to drill down a little bit because, uh, you made it sound pretty easy to get hundreds of thousands of people on your, uh, YouTube channel or whatever it is, but do you have any, um, you know, you don't have to go too, too deep into this, but just a, a few, um, a few tips or secrets, like what, here's some things that have really worked for us in our business. I think the biggest thing right now, especially is testing everything, test, mm. test, test. I think 
like a lot of the times, especially if you are, a, if you specialize in a craft or you specialize in an area, um, you become the master of that area. And then your brain almost becomes biased on what it is about your product or, or your service. And you may not necessarily know what actually works. So opening up your ability to test and, and ask your audience what works, what is effective, because we thought we were going to be a pop band. You know, we thought pop was it. But then randomly, we just did one test of a, a song that was K-pop. And then K-pop just blew up. And we, I didn't even listen to K-pop, to be honest. It was mostly the other bandmates that loved K-pop. And we did one, one song, blew up, got like 300,000 views in like the first two days. And we we're like, oh my gosh, this is it. If we had never just tried it, that way, and we would have never wanted to do that on our own necessarily. But then we started doing that and that started generating a lot more um, audience uh, fans and stuff like that. So I think for people who are in the middle of their entrepreneurship and maybe who are plateauing or a little stagnant, test different things and test to see what works and don't necessarily assume that what you know is going to be the ultimate effective thing. Because yes, yeah. you may specialize, but you, your audience will know what sells more than you in, in essence. Right, right, right. And I think also it sounds like um, you don't need to know necessarily what's going to work um, going into the testing phase, right? You're exactly, going to kind of yeah. let go of this idea of, oh, I need to get the right answer right out of the gate. It's just, right. oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. Some things are going to fail, but that doesn't mean, that, you know, I just fell forward and keep keep moving on until you get a huge K-pop hit that, that gets <laughs> 200,000 views, right? Definitely. And uh, to be fair, like, Failure is my favorite thing. I never like a failure. A lot of people are afraid of failures, but I think if you don't fail, you'll never understand the, how great things are when you do succeed. So failing is absolutely necessary. And if you fail, it's almost a good thing because now you've eliminated, you're in the process of elimination and you eliminated something out that you know that doesn't work. So you have yeah. more knowledge of, of the area that you're working. Do you, you seem to have like a really good um, uh, attitude about all of that, you know, like saying yes and I am going to fail and da, 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 did that, did you, do you feel like you had that, um, you know, uh, growing up uh, or is that something you've always had with you or is it something that you've developed? You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I was a, I, most people look at me, they're like, oh, you don't seem like this, but I was pretty nerdy. I was like very um, gothed out in high school. <laughs> I was a, yeah, and a very timid type of person. I'm not a, um, you know, type A personality, but I think growing up and, you know, my parents are, are pretty strict Asians, so they were pretty hard on us. And, but I appreciate that now looking back. And I think that if, you know, you're, you are given a challenge and that you're not necessarily good, at, like if you're, you're just right there and not quite good enough you're always going to push yourself to be better. So I, I never was like a full success in, in, you know, in my young, younger days. So that allowed me to drive to be, to work harder and fail. I was exposed to failures a lot. Like I, I failed, I failed, I failed. And, um, I was never like demeaned for it, but you're I never fully been like, you're the greatest thing ever. I, it was always kind of like just right there. So <laughs> it's a good place to be in a sense, you know, but a lot of people will get frustrated. It is frustrating, but if you are there all the time then you're, you're always willing to try and, and jump the hoop and, and you accept failures because you're, you see them. So yeah. I think that really helped a lot for development for my outlook, my current outlook. 
Nice, nice. Oh, that sounds great. Um, and then w- one other thing I wanted to ask about was like uh, you and Kyla are like best buddies, right? Uh, and uh, so what what has that been like, you know, just to not have to go it alone? You see, it sounds like you've traveled so much of your journey together. Um, what what has that been like? I, I, I'm finding in my recent, more recent part of my journey here that, uh, yeah, like collaboration and, and, you know, not trying to do it all myself has been a big... Uh, a big win for me so <clears throat> definitely I think um, it, it really is amazing how it ended up working out the band was a lot more stressful there was a ton of stress it, it looked good on the outside but we went through some serious stresses I can't I cannot d- deny um, however once Kyla and I uh, left the band, we were able to find that we both have strengths and weaknesses that are very, very compatible with each other. Hmm. So it was lucky. It was a lucky match that ended up working out. Um, and it, it, it's everything that I need in, in a sense, cause I, I lack certain skills that she has and she may lack certain skills that I have. So we are able to like kind of, you know, separate the work and be way more efficient. So collaborating and having a business partner or somebody that you can trust or a mentor is like golden. I, I I couldn't imagine trying to go at it myself. I don't think I would be nearly as successful. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It's a, a gift, I think, to have somebody like that, that, that uh, <clears throat> the universe connects you with or however you want to put it. Exactly. Um, so as we start to wind down, I've got a couple of questions. One is, I noticed that you're pretty into cats. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. so, <laughs> we're we're cat people around here too. Uh, my Yay, daughter's a complete cat fanatic. My uh, she's oh, about to be awesome. ten years old, and we have two cats. I'd almost go get them, but uh, uh, Panther and and Pippin. And you have a little yeah. I, I saw you with a little black cat. Is that right? Yes, I have two black cats. Well, I'm trying to look for them, but yes, I have a big <laughs> fluffy one named Caesar, and then a sleeker one named Nix. Yes. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, I saw you saw you holding a cat. I was like, hey, she's got Panther right there. You know, yeah. Little black oh my cat, gosh. So. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. So, just wanted to put in a little uh, note about yay cats. Meow, meow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, another question that I ask, uh, so we've heard about your past. We've hear what you're up to now. Um, now, looking forward, I have a question that I like to ask, um, uh, which is. you know, do you have a, what I like to call a cringe worthy vision, a vision so big, it makes you cringe to think about sharing it with other people? Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) Not everybody does. So no pressure if you don't. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You've already done so much, but is there any big thing that, that is still on the horizon for you? You know what? I, I probably wouldn't have said this last year, but I, we ended up actually so the current band that I'm just playing with for fun is called Vigil of War. And we got to play at the Warp Tour, which is the last year that they are, they had their very last 25th year anniversary. And that was the last one. Wow. And um, we got to play in this massive stage with like tons of t- thousands and thousands of people and getting up on that stage. Uh, it's so terrible, but I was like, this is amazing. But I was like, I would love, love 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 to still play something bigger than that Uh so i think my the likelihood of it happening is probably zero to none but i just got that taste and i i mean ideally would like to play like coachella or something massive just or like a huge stadium tour Ah, who knows probably who knows you just put it out (laughs) there it seems like a lot of stuff has just kind of come 
come out of the blue for you. So let's uh, let's keep keep an eye out on uh, Kiki, uh, Kiki's social media to see if she gets a chance to do that. So, <laughs> cool, very cool. Well, Kiki, thank you so much for uh, uh, joining us today. And I always like to round. Th- oh, actually, wait. I wanted to ask you um, if people want to connect with you uh, that are listening to the podcast and they want to know more. Um, what where would be the best place for them to go on the internet? So right now, um, if you want to check out some of our crazy rock stories, you can go to www.fromhelltowellness.com or from Hell to Wellness or at from Hell to Wellness on Instagram. So we're posting all of our stuff there and then you can find us through there. All right. From Hell to Wellness. I yep, love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay. So uh, as I was saying before, I'd like to say hell yes with my guests on the count of three. Are you ready and willing to do that? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> One, two, three. Hell yes! <laughs> I should have known that you'd be really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kiki, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.